Hi there, we really hope you enjoy this teaching from the Message Trust. To find out more about all the exciting things we're doing, check out our website, message.org.uk. Few people still at New Wine, um, so it'd be good to pray for that before we finish. I um, um, did my main preach, I don't know, whenever it was, last Monday or Tuesday night, Monday night, and um, I had this lovely thing happen, God's so kind, when you let this happen, just before you're about to preach, a guy came up to me and said, uh, oh, my name's Tom, do you remember me? I said, uh, no. Uh, you know, you meet a lot of people, and uh, he said, yeah, yeah, you met my mum last year. I said, okay, Tom, that's great. He said, no, no, I became a Christian three years ago, and you pre- preached in this very venue. I'm like, oh, fantastic, Tom. I said, what are you doing now? He said, I'm leading the discipleship year at YWAM. Not on it, leading it. And how good is that? And I just felt such an encouragement to preach. And who knows who's going to get saved tonight? And then I'm, so I'm there in the worship, really excited about, about Tom. And a guy leant over, just who stood immediately. He said, hi, do you remember me? My name's Charlie. Ooh, no. <laughs> he said, no, two years ago I came forward when you preached. And God really spoke to me about launching a mission to send young people out on mission and uh, so I've sent all these young people out and even now my son's in Ghana with a team doing evangelism and blessing the poorest of the poor. And uh, that happened when you preached and I'm like, wow, that's great. And then at the end, a guy came up and said, remember me? And I did remember him because when I did the appeal a, a year previous at New Wine, this fella, a big fella, Sam Ward said to me, I still think that guy's going to come out, Andy. I've seen him, you know, every night here, and you know, I still believe he's called, he's, he's called something like Mono or something, this guy. And I said, I still think he's going to come out. And he was like the last one out and the last really milking the appeal. And this guy came out and now he's involved in all kinds of mission work. How encouraging is that? And then at the end, after done me praying with people, two people, a couple came up and said, do you remember us? <laughs> and that's what people always say. Yes, we, uh, we really came, we came forward. You did an appeal at an event. And we just felt, God, give us such a heart for the poor. Now we're, we've moved out of our business and we're involved in church planting in this tough community. And all this stuff's happening. How amazing is that? That we can be used, yes, to lead people to Jesus, but not just lead them to Jesus, release them into their destiny and purpose and that multiplication can take place at any second. Now, when those people committed their life to Christ, and uh, when you committed your life to Christ, and when I committed my life to Christ, they didn't, we didn't just commit our lives to Jesus, did we? There wasn't just some horizontal encounter, uh, vertical encounter rather. There wasn't some vertical encounter with Jesus, me and him. I've had my sins forgiven. I've got this uh, access to the Saviour. I can walk with him. There was a horizontal commitment as well. I committed myself to you. And here's the bad news. You committed yourself to me. Tough luck for all eternity. We committed ourselves to our saviour, but we also committed ourselves to his church. Blood's thicker than water. It's often been said, you know, the family tie. No, not for the Christian. Water, the water of baptism, the water of the spirit poured into our lives is thicker than blood. There's a bond in this room. And Jesus' great prayer for us, his people, was that we'd be one so that the world would know. And that's why the devil's strategy ever since has been to carve up the body of Christ. 
It's so boring and so tedious. And I was, I was away over the weekend down south and um, uh, I was chatting to these girls who are involved in this <coughs> radical mission to um, rescue uh, girls who've been sold into slavery and, you know, by the people traffickers. And these are girls who are, uh, who are hiding in brothels, breaking into brothels at three o'clock in the morning and hiding there to take, for, it, it, uh, hiding away in the brothel to take pictures of what's going on so it can be exposed. I mean, really hardcore stuff. And these amazing girls said, the only problem working in India is there's so many competing organizations all competing for money, all trying to be the latest, you know, the best thing on the block to get the most money and to fund their work. He said, it's so sad if we could just come together, what a difference we could make to this terrible blight on the earth. And when she said it, I thought, oh, how true is that? Isn't that what we're so like? We're so in our little silos and nay, the message trust can be like that. God forgive us if we're like that. If we're not open-handed and looking to bless people across the body of Christ, and if we don't model something of thinking the best of each other and cheering one another on, and, and Satan always comes in with, as the accuser. It's what he does. It's how he's described in the book of Revelation. So his job is to carve us up. Get us not thinking the best of each other and accusing one another in our little divisions and getting us all chipped up. That's why it's so important we gather like this. And we get off our agenda, which will be all about me. And Andy Flanagan at New Wine said, you know, I've got a fantastic church. It's amazing. I agree with every line of doctrine and I love everybody in it. The only problem is I'm the only member. <laughs> and we could have the Andy Hawthorne church, but I'd be the only member. But I'm not called to the Andy Hawthorne church. I'm called to the Jesus Christ Church Universal that's marching on into history and is a glorious thing. And we've got to be better at working together. We've got to do everything we can to be quick to forgive and love and support and encourage people. But we've got to be like that with the body of Christ. We've got to realise we're part of an unbelievably rich family. Where I came to Jesus, totally overdrawn, in my spiritual bank account. There's no way, no amount of setting up ministries and rapping for Jesus and arm waving and singing you're a good, good father was ever going to pay off that spiritual debt. All the sin and all the rebellion. No way could I ever pay off that debt. And I used to be taught when I was a teenager, just become a Christian that, you know, when you come to Jesus, you're justified. And that's true. And the, uh, Wally, our youth leader, used to say, well, what justified means is just as if you'd never sinned. Isn't that a beautiful thought? I come to Jesus, it's just as if, today, it is just as if you'd never sinned, no matter how bad your sins have been. It's just as if you'd never sinned. Actually, Wally, it's better than that, being a Christian. Because it's not just as if you'd never sinned, it's because we're not just the debts paid off. It's not just my spiritual bank account is at naught, zero, no sins. The day I come to Jesus, even from any kind of brokenness and rebellion and sexual sin and addiction and anger and violence, whatever I bring to Jesus, when I totally surrender my life to him, it's not just all that sin's forgiven. I'm credited with the goodness of Jesus. So my bank account is overflowing with spiritual wealth and I'm going to heaven on that basis.
I'm going to heaven accepted as a son because my spiritual bank account on that day is credited with the goodness of Jesus. And when he looks at me, he doesn't see what I used to be, but he sees Jesus and he's pleased with me. I read in the Psalms today, you're the apple of his eye. You're his precious son and daughter. Anybody glad about these things this morning? Suddenly, can we feel joy welling up in the midst of all the stuff we go through? We're credited with the goodness of Jesus. Wow, what an amazing thing. All those good works of Christ, credited to my account. All the loveliness of the son, credited to my account. Fit for heaven. Praise the Lord. I love um, the fact that, that our light came up with this uh, discipleship course and called it AAA Pass. What a great name, actually, because we've got access all areas. We've got the sun's access, the righteous one's access, haven't we, to all the goodness of God. Remember, if I've told you this story before, forgive me, but I remember taking um, our, our closest friend's daughter, Amelia, to uh, Kelly Clarkson gig. She loved Kelly Clarkson. She, you know, she was all over her. And, and I managed to get tickets on her birthday uh, to Kelly Clarkson at the arena. And so I took her out for dinner, just me and Amelia, and uh, went to this amazing gig at the arena. And at the end, I said, oh, Amelia, would you like to meet Kelly? And Amelia went, what? I said, yes, I've got two access all areas passes. <laughs> And because Les Moyer, who's you know, the Christian record company guy we've worked with, actually knows Kelly Clarkson and, and a number of her band are in DC talk. And you know, Kelly's got this history of Christianity and where she stands before the Lord, but she was a beautiful person to meet. So, so, so Amelia puts the Access All Areas pass on and I put the Access All Areas pass on and we just walk past the eight foot bouncer. <laughs> Excuse me, Access All Areas. And uh, we walk up to Kelly's dressing room Access all areas. She opens the door. Oh, yes, I told, oh, yes, Les told me you're coming. Oh, look at your beautiful hair. You're so beautiful. You're so sweet. I love your hair. Oh, and you've got a beautiful dress on. And Amelia's like, Ehh. and she's, oh, can I sign a CD for you? You know, access all areas. But how much better to have access all areas to all God's goodness? So we can just walk straight into the throne room. Can I tell you three from the book of Hebrews, three areas where we need to wake up to the benefits of being a Christian, benefits of being a son or a daughter of God from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 25. I love these verses. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened up for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let's draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let's hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. We have access all areas to all God's blessing. We're privileged in three areas from the book of Hebrews. First area is we're privileged to 
enter in. We're called to enter in. Have you noticed every blessing is a corporate blessing? Let us draw near to God. Let us hold on unswervingly. Let us encourage one another as we see the day approaching. Let us not give up meeting together. It's a corporate thing. It's not me and my little solo flight Christianity. It's together we do this stuff. We do it better together because we are better together. We're called together. You'll know in the Old Testament, there's only one man who was allowed to enter in to the Holy of Holies. High priest on the Day of Atonement. He had to go through all this palaver of fasting and praying and praying with the other priests, smear himself in blood. He had to crawl underneath the curtain on his belly with a rope tied around his leg in case he died in the very presence of God. He was the only man who was allowed to go and sacrifice for sins. This one man on this one day of the year allowed to enter in. And then Jesus dies on the cross and suddenly we can all enter in. The highly embroidered curtain, which was as wide as the span of a man's hand, 30 feet high, like as high as his building, was torn in two from the top to the bottom. And God's saying, because the price has been paid, enter in. Come on, let us enter in to his most holy presence. What a privilege. We can go right in to God's presence. And Hebrews, love chapter 4. Verse 16 says this. Um, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. There is way more grace and way more mercy at the throne of grace than you could ever need. I don't know what your time of need is. I mean, man, there's some people around this ministry who are in some serious need, aren't there? You know, there's some illness, some situations, some challenges around us. There's some need for cracking new personnel to take this thing to the next level. But we've got way more grace and mercy, not just love undeserved love we don't deserve this but God pours his love and mercy out on people like us it's all there as we enter in to the most holy presence and we don't have to wait once a year and go through all this palaver because of Jesus we can enter in right now every moment we have access to the throne room do you love it so the great privilege of Hebrews the great privilege of the follow of Jesus is we can enter in also the great privilege is we can hold on Let us consider, sorry, let us hold, verse 23, unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And I have felt the last week particularly like, you know, like putting my tin hat on. Oh my goodness, you know. I went to see Ian Horton in hospital on Friday and uh, Ian's had this stroke. And he's, I mean, his spirit is so strong, but his, you know, body's in bad shape at the moment. You know, he's paralyzed down one side and he's, he's, uh, you know, it's in, in the hyper acute stroke ward. Who wants to be there? That's, so that's where Ian is right now. But I was, so I went to see Ian and I'm a bit, I came out a bit, oh, that was tough. And there's all the Pennells family outside the hospital, like Rachel and, and the Georgia and Ella and the brothers, like, 
what are you guys doing here? Mark Pennell's had a heart attack. You know, my mate, right, who started this whole thing. In fact, he started in his bedroom, his spare bedroom, the message. And uh, 53 and he's had a heart attack. Like, I was really shocked. And then I come away and then Tony tells us that, you know, this massive roller coaster he's been on with the cancer, suddenly we've got bad news. We really felt, we were like ready to see the breakthrough and the healing and the news is that the cancer's gone into his bones. Times like this, you know, when it's all around you and there's also all sorts of financial pressure and weirdness with personnel going on and, and, it, and, and often it comes in seasons, you know, there are seasons in the spirit. But often when you see this much opposition, it is just before the moment of breakthrough. I've seen it, I've been doing this long enough to experience, you know, what is just the normal rhythms of life and what is attack, what is assault. I actually believe there's an assault going on at the moment because Satan knows better than we do what our future looks like. He's heard the prophetic words. He's seen the future and it's darkest before the dawn. I've seen it time again where you're like, oh God. And at times like this, we need to hold on unswervingly to the hope we profess because he who promised is faithful. And the way we hold on unswervingly is together as a team. It's a let us I can't do this thing. I can't make it through on my own. It's why sure things Satan wants to do when he wants to get someone involved in some destructive sin or destructive pattern is get them isolated. Get someone out of fellowship, out of accountable relationship, chipped up with their church and, and their leadership and away from this. Get them like sat at the back. They're, they're here, but they're not really here. Do you understand? It's what he does. But if we want to hold on unswervingly, I want to hold on. I want to go all the way. I don't want to be another statistic of a leader who fell before they got to hear the well done, good and faithful servant. Do you? So I want to go all the way. So I'm going to be in this accountable fellowship. I'm going to be quick to ask forgiveness and quick to forgive. Just pressing on, holding on. What a glorious thing that we can do that together. Church is so often, I think, today, aping society. You see, society's me-centered. That's the ultimate thing in it. You know, we're Jesus-centered if we've got our heads screwed on. The world is me-centered. Church can so easily be me-centered. It's about me and all my benefits and all my blessings and what can I get out of this gig. Of course, there are many benefits being the son and daughter of God and his favor resting upon you. But if that's your focus, what can I get out of that? It becomes a very weird thing, church. And we're also very quick fix. The spirit of the culture is, you know, consumerism. I've got to consume things as much as possible now and as quickly as possible. It's the spirit of the age, but that's not us. We've got a different kind of hope. We've got a hope that goes on into eternity. And for some people, guess what? Death is not the worst option. That is the very best option. It's tough for those who are led behind. You know, I'm going to Ray Gowdy's funeral tomorrow. There we go. Another of my mates gone to be with the Lord and you know I'm, I'm, I'm coarse we're sad for Nancy I'm agreeing with Nancy and NGM and all those beautiful people there in Bristol but actually do you honestly think Ray wants to come back to a cancer ridden body <laughs> he's got this beautiful body that's the hope isn't it we hold on to unswervingly actually that's the hope that keeps us going isn't it of course healing can come and break in but we have a bit of a weird we ought to be like, yes, he's died in some way, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we? 
Yes, there's another one in glory. No more of this crap to deal with down here on earth. Just this glorious future with Jesus and the saints and this new body. It's not falling apart. No strokes and cancer and heart attacks up there. And church helps us to focus. You see, there's a narrow road. It's the road we're on. And it's a tough road. It's a hard road. It's a rocky road. It's the road that's leading to glory. Then there's a broad and easy road. A me-centred, quick-fix road. It's the road the world's on. It's the road heading to destruction. Know which road I want to be on. Anybody with me? That's the road I choose. I choose the narrow road. It's a road with glory, clearly. It's a better road. But it's, uh, it's the road we've been called to. So we, we enter in, according to the book of Hebrews. It's our great benefit and our great prize because of what Jesus did on the cross. But we also get that strength together to hold on. When others would give up and sack this off, we keep going. When there's disappointment and it seems unanswered prayers... We just hold on together. We cheer each other on. And the weak are lifted up by the strong because soon enough the strong are going to be weak. And we're just a team doing this thing together. We hold on. But we also never forget. Too many Christians think their benefit is to enter into the presence of the Lord. All this glorious worship. All this wonderful access. To be given strength to hold on and make it through life to the end. That is not the ultimate. The ultimate is pushing out we enter in so we can hold on and we can push out constantly and there's another let us isn't there let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds if we've got any sense any clue about how glorious it is that we can go into the very presence of God and we will for all eternity as his sons and daughters, fully credited with all Jesus' goodness. Any sense of how amazing that we've got the power to go through whatever rubbish life throws at us. There's a power to go through. Christianity isn't a way out, it's a way through. If we've got any sense of the benefit and the blessing of that, we'll just push out, won't we? We'll just spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us consider right now how we can spur people around us, people in our church, in our family, towards love and good deeds. It's an individual calling, isn't it? And we're called to be that kind of people, just together, ducking and diving, dreaming and scheming, but it's a corporate calling. It's uh, why I love all this multiplication stuff, because the message is called to spur the church on towards love and good deeds. Just look at the least, the last, the lost. Let's love them and let's pour out good deeds on them. Of course, the greatest good deed, the greatest kindness we can do is share with them the message of eternal life, isn't it? So, just before I pray, which is most relevant for you today? Is it entering? You need to receive power from on high you need anointing to live this life the way it's meant to be lived have you not really been pressing in have your own time with the Lord been crowded out and we have this enormous benefit of daily hourly we can go into the throne room we can converse with the creator of the universe we can draw down his blessing so many of our prayers and God convicted me about this so many of my prayers are okay God here's what I want but actually, when we enter in, we discover what he wants. The first thing is to find out what he wants. Not, okay, here's my shopping list. Anyone else pray like that? 
Here's all these people who are ill, God, and all these situations that I can't cope with. What about entering and saying, what do you want, God? How do I pray, God? How do I live this life, God? We, is that something you need to step up in? Do you need strength to hold on, power to hold on? If you do, make sure you get some people around you. Make sure you talk to people you trust. You get others to pray for you. Yeah, enter into with your problems and your challenges and your difficulties, but get some trusted confidence around you. We're meant to do this thing together. No such thing as solo flight Christianity. The way we hold on is together as God's people. If you're feeling weak, go to someone who looks strong at the moment and be ready for the roles to be reversed at some time in the near future. Because one thing's for sure, and you're, in, uh, you're allowed to say hallelujah at the end of this, Either you're going towards a trial or you're in a trial or you're coming out of a trial. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> that's life, isn't it? That is this side of heaven. That's our life. We're either going towards one, in the thicker one, or just coming out of one. But God's big enough to help us to hold on to, through all that as we do it together. So hold on. And, or maybe some of us need to wake up. We've taken our foot off the gas in terms of love and good deeds, adventures, on behalf of reaching the least, the last and the lost. Blessing the world. Maybe we've got so caught up with our entering in and holding on with the saints. We've lost that thrust that really makes life worth living. That dynamism of, of faith. I love, uh, I think it's Philemon. Philemon chapter 1 verse 6. I'm sure it is. Let's see. <laughs> she never, she'd, she'd never do that in the Bible. I wasn't going to say this. Uh, probably can't even find the book of Philemon now. That would be impressive, wouldn't it? It's in here somewhere. <laughs> Is it? Oh, yes. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you'll have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Isn't that great? How do you get, how do you get the full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ? Do you go and study all the books? Do you sit on the feet of men of God? Yeah, those are good things to do. But actually, to get the full understanding, we have to be active in sharing our faith. And maybe if you're not getting fresh revelation into your life and your heart, get active in sharing your faith. And you'll just learn so much on the front foot of mission, as long as it comes out of entering in and holding on. Let's stand together. Maybe Jamie could choose some choice song, as he does, and Ben, and just uh, lead us once I've prayed. Because then I just want us to spend a few minutes praying for our brothers who are suffering and then praying for new wine but let's just uh, before the Lord is it entering in do you need to carve out some space do you need supernatural strength to hold on in the face of some rubbish going on in your world or even some rebellion you need to turn away from that do you need to get busy again pushing out Love and good deeds that the Lord's called you to do. The Lord's prepared in advance for you to do. Speak to us, Jesus. Encourage us, Lord. Thank you that you love to do that. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out message.org.uk to find out how you can support or even get involved with one of our teams. <laughs>